This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on, we would like to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, plus there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or Go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> what is up, everybody? Welcome to the season 15, episode 6 after show for AZT. So excited to be with you guys. And joining me is Vegas performer himself, dancer, singer extraordinaire, Michael Jackson impersonator. Yes. What's up, Rachel? Um, I gotta admit, man, it's a, it's a pleasure being on a on the same platform as Rachel Swindler, man. You all, you guys know who she is. Oh my gosh, seven. Um, but um, you, um, I am a TikTok famous now. I don't know if everyone knows that. Um, but, <laughs> but my name is Rachel Swindler, and I'm a TikTok. I'm just kidding. I'm not a TikTok. Famous, <laughs> I but, didn't know that. I'm at the TikTok now. <laughs> But um, I am a lover of everything AZT, American Idol, uh, The Voice, any of these competition shows. That is my cup of tea. Also, was on a reality show, so big fan of them. My name is Rachel Swindler, and I'm so excited to be back here with you guys talking about this very interesting and different episode. First time without an audience, and I was... I was super nervous for the performers, uh, but I want to go ahead and get your overall thoughts, Antoine, on what you thought of this very unique episode. Man, it was challenging for some. I think probably probably would have had a better reaction, of course, if you had a live performance. But uh, I think, honestly, with, with some other acts, including the spoken word performance, it actually played in the favor. So mm-hmm. I kind of was on both sides, 50-50. Yeah, I'm, I was very impressed by every single contestant that went up there and owned the stage without mm-hmm. there being an audience. Uh, you you could have shocked me if those performers went up there. Uh, like, I, I couldn't believe that they were performing to that caliber without an audience in place. Mm-hmm. You, you, you couldn't even tell. And maybe it was even, I started to think, was it even more comfortable for them? What did it put less pressure? You know what? It it just depends. Um, and this is my personal opinion. And um, it's a difference between certain auditions you go to, where the judges are looking at you with no expression. They kind of give a leeway, making the contestants feel comfortable. By actually showing emotion, like if it was comedy, they laugh. They showed interest. Where mm-hmm. most auditions you go to, especially in Hollywood, they just sit and go straight face. Mm-hmm. 
and you don't know unless you really know you killed it if you did good or bad. But because the judges were their audience and actually participating, I think it, it made them feel more comfortable. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And thanks for bringing that point up because it is true when you go to auditions, you don't usually get a lot of feedback sometimes from the panel. They're usually very stone-faced and mm -hmm. it's very intimidating. I think that all of the judges, and I do love I, Sophia Vergara and Eric Stone Street. I mean, we know them as funny comedians, very jovial. So I... If I was to perform in front of anybody, I, I would want to perform in front of them because uh, they, you know, they do comedy. So they're, they're used to just, you know, making people feel comfortable as well. Yeah. And I think, I think they really wanted the contestants to feel comfortable because they knew how difficult this was going to yeah. be for them. And I think one of the acts that I want to go ahead and get into the first act because just to lead the way into an act that could have went really bad had they not had the energy this was an act that really kind of needed the energy of the room and that was a cheerleading squad that was um the ca wildcats from plano texas the, you know coming up there ranging from 13 years old to 30 years old i thought that this could have potentially been a crash and burn situation because you, you you need to feed off the, the energy of the audience when it comes to a cheerleading performance. But at the same time, I always go back and forth. Maybe the distractions of the of the screaming and all that stuff, maybe that was that was good for them. I don't know. It's a two-way streak. Um, but I think they were definitely feeding off of each other's energies. I thought being an ex-cheerleader myself, I thought that it was was really great. You know, Eric and Howie commented on the fact of, you know, you've shown cheerleading as a sport and we've known that for years. I've known cheerleading as a sport for years. Um, and sometimes it's actually harder than the sports people are actually playing. Well, they got four yeses. So I really enjoyed them. What did you think, Antoine? I mean, okay. tomato, tomato, man. I mean, if the first act got to go through, the first act must go through it. I thought they was just, all right. I don't know if they was, a unanimous decision, but they did some pretty good stunts. They definitely were in sync and they were good. So should they have passed first round? Yes, definitely. W were there memorable moments? I can't say that they were. I think there were some memorable moments. I loved when there was like three of them that went up at one time and spread their legs. Like they did, I don't you know, I don't know what it's technically called, but they like uh -huh. hit their legs right at the same time. And it was like right above the AGT, stop, AGT sign. And I was like, wow, that was cool. So, and I cannot tumble worth a flipping nothing. So <laughs> I'm always impressed when people can tumble. So right, and right. we haven't seen we haven't seen a cheerleading squad. I didn't see one last year. So it was refreshing to me after last week to see something different. We've, mm. I feel like we've seen we've seen dance squads. We've seen we've seen a lot of different types. I haven't seen a cheerleading squad yet. So okay. Uh, okay. I, again, as an ex cheerleader, I'm a little biased because I love cheerleading squads. So it was uh, and it brought back memories. So um, yeah, I, I enjoyed them, but we'll see how far they go. They don't really have um, a, a, a thick story behind them when it comes to where they're from. So 
ain't well, it, well, although that should matter, but you know it matters that America's got talent. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it does, and we'll touch <laughs> on why we think that later. Because I'm sorry, I forgot to tease the news and gossip that we have coming up from Antoine and our special segment. Our special tech segment, we're going to be talking about live with the audience versus no audience, and we're going to kind of be comparing and contrasting uh, American Idol and The Voice. So. Please, please, please stay tuned for that because that is going to be some juicy, nice content we got coming up for you guys. Um, so let's get right into our second act. And that was Jacob uh, Velasquez. He is a musician, 12 years old. He started off playing the piano from mm-hmm. South Florida. And he was so cute. He brought a vision board on stage with him and showed the judges exactly what what he was putting out in the universe. I love vision boards. Yeah. I thought that was super, super cute. I and he also, he suffers from something I have literally never heard before. And it was PDDNOS, which is a speech, impe- it's a speech impe- impediment. And it's similar to Asperger's. See, I, I'm like, uh, so it, it makes him, a little more awkward in social situations. He was talking mm-hmm. about how he didn't have a lot of friends and he wished he had more friends. So that's definitely something difficult to go through, especially when you're 12 years old and you're just trying to fit in in school. I definitely Google that, but that's not like a new disease to me. They come up with something every year. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, it's definitely something to look into because I had personally never heard of it before. So. It, definitely something that's affected him, but thankfully, with the help of music, it really helped him kind of channel his creative outlet and get past those kind of like awkward stages that he was having and, and the loneliness maybe of not having as many friends as he would like. So channeling that energy, he performed an original piece on the piano, which I thought was gorgeous, um, and then transitioned over to the drums. So what did you think, Antoine? How did how did you like his performance? Did you like how he started off and with the piano and went to the drums? Or did you want him to stick to one instrument maybe? How did no, you like I thought it? I thought it was um the kid is multi talented. Um I think if he was to sit down and actually think about it, I think he can collaborate slightly better. Um I'm not saying that he can play two instruments at one time. I don't know, but it's it's whatever there's a will, there's a way to make it merge slightly better. I thought it was he he's he's amazing. However, um I did notice that AGT this episode is definitely paid like last episode, it was it episode five? It was uh-huh. short they shortened the stories. This episode it was like serious soap operas before the contestants, and I'm thinking that's because of the absence of the audience. But listening to his story, I think because he didn't have friends, all his focus was right on his talent. And I think he did a great job. Yeah, and I was saying earlier, a lot of the time when we hear stories, it can make the talent seem a little more talented than, Mm -hmm. or we can feel a little more connected to the audition, which I said kind of last week, I was missing. So I really kind of enjoyed the fact that we got a little more backstory on people. And I, what I enjoyed was, for the most part, the people with the stories backed it up with the talent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I felt like yeah. we got a lot of that this episode. And I, I think that Jacobs is a prime example of that. 
Um, you got a standing O from the judges, four yeses, unanimous. I said, I put down great showmanship, great attitude. Simon could not stop talking about him, basically saying he was one of his favorite acts so far, if not his favorite, and calling him basically a child prodigy. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think this is someone to look out for and definitely a, a Simon fan favorite. You could definitely tell. So Simon was waiting for it and he got it. That was four yeses. So he was great. Uh, going on to someone who I thought was great, I thought was amazing. Uh, that was Michael Yo, who is a 45-year-old stand-up comedian. Oh, he used wow, to work yeah. for, uh, he used to work for E! News, which funny enough, here we are doing the news. And he wanted to pursue, he wanted to pursue his dreams. He said, I, I kept interviewing all these people and they were living out their dream. And so I wanted to live out mine. I thought that was so amazing what he said. And I, I put the ability that he had to control the room with absolutely, I was, I just looked up and saw that, there he is. Um, the ability that he had to control the room with absolutely no audience, I thought was really great. And I thought that he had a lot of charisma and I really enjoyed him. What did you think, yeah. Antoine? I think he did great. Oh man, he did a great job. Uh, especially when they tell you to go as a comedian, when someone just says go, you could tell he had experience from somewhere. And E! News was one of them because the moment they gave him the floor, he owned the stage. Um, he had a great presence. His personality was on point. Uh, his jokes were well polished. And it was clean. So mm -hmm. definitely got to give him all the credit. Yeah. And I think something to note as well as host. The, one of the most important things is to make people feel comfortable when we're interviewing them, that they feel like they're literally sitting down and having a conversation with their best friend. So the fact that he worked for such a big company for many, many, many years, I think shows to how relatable and likable he can really be. So I definitely think that doing what he did for a living for so long, you know, worked in his favor, transitioning into being a comedian which with a comedian, you just want to feel like you're shooting the shit with your best friend. That's so, it. And, and, that, yeah. and that makes the best stand-up comic. Yeah. And I literally started crying whenever he started crying because I just saw this man on stage. And I guess maybe that's me relating to him and being cooped up in a house for four months as well with everything that we're still going through and the fact that i can't do what i want i love for a living i mean i'm thankful that i'm able to at least do this once a week but not being able to do what we love for a yeah. living right now is very very difficult and right. just to see somebody living out their dreams on yeah. a, a big a big stage like that not thinking that they would ever get that opportunity was so inspiring and again, it, it raised the question, will anything be the same? Like, when is it ever a good time to do anything that you're used to doing, including in this entertainment industry, especially when you have a live show, when your performance kind of depends on the, you got to admit, this was a totally different show than the, the past recent ones because the audience definitely have an effect. It was very mm -hmm. quiet. You know, the only people who made noise was the people in my living room watching it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is a struggling time right now. I know that a lot of people from Vegas are being 
laid off because Cirque literally closed the Blue Man Group. They closed O. I'm not, wait, they didn't close O. They closed Love. So they're mm. closing shows left and right because they're filing for bankruptcy. And yeah, it's just, um, I saw a lot of statuses from friends the other day and I could not help, but it broke my heart for them. Because we all we want to do is get on stage. That's all we want to do. But yeah. anyways, um, another duo that went on stage, not another duo because Michael Yo was just one person. A duo that went on stage was the Brothers Gage. It's a harmonica duo, but they didn't just, <laughs> I see you shake your head already, so I'll let you go first after I say, they do more than just a harmonica, which they said they have multiple, multiple instruments that they do. So this is an act that could morph and could show us more of them. It's a harmonica duo named Brody and Alex. Sophia said, uh, when you said harmonica, I was dreading it, but you changed my mind. Antoine, did they change your mind? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. But you know what? It was it was cool. I can't, I can't hate on it. I can't say anything. That's, that's uh, it was okay. But then again, if, if I, I judge, you, you know, the, the, the totem pole based on your first performance. If you start out with a harmonica, I can only imagine what you might do next. It, it, you might do something that totally blow my mind, but I can only have my point of view based off of what I see. So I don't know. I mean, they're going to play twin saxophones, drums. <laughs> I mean... I mean, yeah, I agree with Sophia because when they said harmonicas, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, no, I'm not into that. It's, I know it takes a lot of talent to do it. So I don't, I don't denote that, but I was with Sophia. I was like, what is this going to be? And then when they started doing it, I started going, wow, these, they have talent and they're making it cool. They're, yeah, they are they're making, making it cool. They made it cool looking. And then the fact that, they play so many other instruments. I was like, this act could go somewhere that I'm not expecting. So I think that there's a lot for them to build on, which is mm -hmm. what makes them a desirable act for AGT. So uh, they, uh, they got four yeses. So a lot of non, uh, we had a lot of unanimous uh, yeses. Actually, I think they were all unanimous yeses. This show comparatively to last week where we got like three split ones. So, Isn't that ironic to where it's like you, you have one show where it's, it's iffy, then the next show is like we everyone is on, on board? Okay, yeah. I, I know, I know, I know. Well, um, going into our next act, this was one that, and talking about really stories that get to your heart and literally pull it out, that was this story for me. So we had Siobhan. She's a singer, but she is a two-time Olympic hurdler, mm -hmm. 36 years old, was getting ready for her third Olympic trial. And her husband, who was a pole vaulter, uh, got into a jumping accident. And he became paralyzed, I believe, from his neck down. So she decided at that moment that she was going to retire. And when I heard the story, I was just, I, I cannot even imagine. I was devastated for her. So to see this woman 
literally get on stage and absolutely kill it. Even Simon said, I absolutely love your voice. Mm -hmm. And she, her song was through the good and the bad. It was an original song. And if it didn't get at your heartstrings, I don't know what can. Did it get at your heartstrings, Antoine? No, I did. It did. Uh, I thought she was a phenomenal man. Whew, this one right here was a tearjerker. I almost needed some uh, <laughs> tissue on this one. Like it, it definitely was a tearjerker. I, because you can imagine the, the, the discipline that you have to take to be involved in the Olympic Games, but to have a husband that is now paralyzed <sighs> mentally as a, a partner, significant other, you have to, it changes your, not only his, but your life too. And to see her, you know, get up there and sing, it was, it was definitely mind-blowing, man. It, it was good. She deserved to go through it. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I don't know how long she's been a singer. That's the thing that I was trying to figure out because because she's probably been so focused on doing the Olympics and being, you know, in, the, in track and hurdling for her entire life. Who knows how much time and energy she's actually spent towards singing. So this could be something completely new for her that she just picked up, which is not what they really, they didn't talk about that. I don't know if this is just something she just decided to pick up a year ago two years ago, right. she's been doing it her whole life. So I'm interested to get more of that backstory. Yeah. To see how long she's actually been singing. Because if that girl just started singing, holy crap. I mean. Yeah, you know what I mean? It might be a hidden talent she had this entire time. And when she retired, that's just front front center, front line. Yeah, yeah. And, and I felt like Simon said it best. I believe this is what he said, or maybe this was me thinking this in my head. But the hard work and determination that you need, again, to go to the Olympics, basically saying, I can only imagine what you could accomplish here in this competition as a mm -hmm. singer, if you, if you can, you can, you know, be as dedicated to your craft in the track field as, you know, as you're dedicated to your craft as a singer. So yeah. I'm excited. And then she dropped, she's pregnant at the end of her audition. So there was that as well. So. That's good. Congratulations just to her, man. Drop, yeah. drop them bomb. And her, her, just her attitude to everything in general. She just had this beautiful aura about her. And for somebody that's been through so much, uh, props to you, Siobhan. You are yeah. an amazing, amazing woman. Um, but let's get into um, somebody else that's amazing. And that's you, the audience. Um, we want to thank you guys so much for joining us here for our after shows and for continuing to watch After Buzz TV through this very trying time that we're going through. We are constantly trying to give you the best content that we possibly can. And we want to thank you and say we love you. And if you are listening on iTunes, give us those five stars. If you're watching on YouTube, give us that thumbs up. You are the reason that we are the ESPN of TV talk. And without you, we are literally nothing literally so not at home not so just drop your comments below let us know what you think and um we, we'd love to hear from you guys so speaking of are you in the live chat by the way yes i am definitely in the live Do, chat we got anybody biting or talking we don't have any communication as of yet <laughs> but uh if you come back and watch the show yeah. Nine times out of ten, I am typically on the live chat. So definitely shout it. We will shout you out if you give a comment. If we're talking about a, a specific act that you 
find amusing or that you didn't like, drop a comment below. We will comment on it and we will insert your opinion with the conversation. So let's get that, let's get that going. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Well, let's get into our next act. And that was Elijah, who played the cello from San Diego. Um, basically, this is like a family band, uh, five sisters, four brothers. Um, wow, this little kid was so cute. I'm always <laughs> impressed. I'm always impressed by the youngins who can get on stage and do that. And especially in the situation that that was, I don't know. I think if I was older, I'd be a little less nervous, but I think if I was, if I was younger, I would be, I'd be a little more nervous about being in front of the judges because you're, you're a going to be a little more starstruck. I feel like the older crowd is going to be. So I definitely thought he was a little nervous, but he ended up pulling it through the, the, they commented um, on his great showmanship and his facial expressions. More importantly, Simon saying that he loved his charisma. Howie saying the highlight of the entire performance was his face, <laughs> which I was like, why? Do you... it no, I mean, you got to give it to him. It, the whole time he was there, he doing, like, he's making all types of faces, but uh, he, he did a good job, but it's, you know, for me, it was like the cello. It's yeah. the cello. I just yeah. have to believe that it's the cello. Yeah, I would say, and again, he was so incredibly cute. I will say yeah. this was one of my least performance, least favorite performances of the night, just because I'm just not a big cello fan. And I think it was Simon that commented on the track and said that it was just a little too loud or he, he didn't quite like the track and he mm-hmm. said his parents did it. He was like, well, I think you're gonna have to fire your parents, which I agree with Simon on that aspect. So I think there's a there's some cleaning up that needs to be done, but you know, he definitely deserved to go through. He got four yeses and I'm, I'm excited to see more of him. I, I don't know exactly how far he's gonna go, but I think this is gonna be a great jumping point for him. Anytime you're a young person going on a big stage like this, I mean, at 12 11 8 years old this your life changes forever regardless like your life changes forever it does man and even if you don't make it on this trip it prepares you for big audience and and big perform it prepares you for the big stage and you cannot learn how to perform like that that they don't teach you that that's something that you have to experience and this is the experience of a life of a lifetime yeah, it, it really is. So even if AGT doesn't work out for Elijah, there's a lot more on the horizon. But um, some people that don't have a lot on the horizon are our next two acts. And I want to briefly talk about them just because there wasn't a lot of backstory and there's just not a lot to talk about with it. So I'm just going to briefly touch on them. We had Anthem and Aria who were magicians and lovers and they got the exes. And then any comment on them, uh, Antoine? Get out of yeah. here! Hit the bricks. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't. Yeah. It was. It wasn't the best, but at least they're in love. I thought the guy could actually sing really well. The male, I thought he actually had a really good yeah. voice. I thought he yeah. had a really great voice. I was waiting for them to comment maybe on that, but they didn't. Uh, we uh, next we had two guys sweeping and doing some acrobatic stuff in rainbow shorts. Comments. No, get it together or leave it alone, man. So. <laughs> 
So I don't know. I thought that that one maybe was a little placed for entertainment aspect. Oh, yeah. Well, let's get back into the acts that did go through. And one of my favorite acts of the night, because I love country music, was Kennedy Dodds, who is 15 years old from Utah. This this whole um, episode just had so many stories that got to me. And here's another one. I almost forgot about this one. I didn't forget about okay, her. Okay. I'm talking. I just now I'm looking at the the story that she had. So basically, her whole family has this uh, an eye disease. So her whole family has it, uh, but her. So basically, it means you're losing your eyesight until you go legally blind. And wow. her little her little sister said, her little sister said, I want to see you perform on a big stage like AGT before I go legally blind. And she got that opportunity by watching her sister Kennedy perform on the AGT stage. So that was really, really, really difficult. Um, she sang an original song called One Way Ticket to Tennessee. That was so good, I thought. Uh, standing ovation from the judges, four yeses. I loved what Simon said about her having great style and being very authentic. Her voice was very authentic, in my opinion. It's one of those voices yeah. that you that you hear and you go, I haven't heard that type of voice before. So right. I really enjoyed her. What did you think, Antoine? No, I loved her, too. Um, I actually had dabbled in a few country singers just to kind of um, versify my catalog. Like Jason Aldean, I really, really like him for some reason. I don't know, but yeah, no, he's great. Oh yeah, okay, good. So when I when I heard her, and of course you got Dolly Parton's. I actually was performing with a Dolly Parton back in Vegas, you know, and uh, that one right there, she is really good. So I'm actually becoming a country music fan watching AGT. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of my favorite country artists is Casey Musgraves, and she has one of the most unique voices, I think, out on the country scene right now. So I love hearing a good a good country twang, something authentic. And, and somebody, uh, Lacey K. Booth from American Idol, probably don't know who she is, but y'all look her up because she's got, uh, she's got such an authentic voice, just like, um, just like Kennedy does. So just two comparison notes i gotta, I gotta because, check them out definitely check them yeah, out yeah yeah I, I love me a good country twang something is real good yeah. but anyways I like, I, I like him too he's cool <laughs> another act that we had that i think really blew it out of the water and blew it out of the water and she didn't blow it she blew it out of the water a good way that was crystal powell from Tatum, mm. texas uh, she moved to Los Angeles. Her mom said, you need to get out of here. You need to move to Los Angeles. 46 years old. Again, I love it that we had Michael and Crystal on the show. 45, 46-year-old comedians. That just shows you right there, age, it got, got no limit on the ADT stage. No, it doesn't. So it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, Simon basically was in love with her, said, I love you. <laughs> You're not naturally funny, which I would agree. I thought she was literally naturally funny when she walked out. What, what did you think? To be honest, uh, I felt like I can hear, I don't know if it's because I'm around it a lot, but I can hear something in your throat. I thought she was uh, nervous the whole time, which is perfectly fine. 
because she still did good, I can only imagine that if she honed it, she can do so much better when she takes fully control because I felt like some of her jokes were rushed. Like she was talking so fast and doing, mm -hmm. and that could have been a part of her act, but if she was to take her time because she owned the joke material, I could tell that she was just trying to get through it. And it could because of the time you want to fit a lot of things in at the punchline during the time, but you still got to, it, it was just, I thought she was trying a little too hard at some point. Uh -huh. That was it. I, that was it. I'll agree. I'll agree with you on that. I thought there were, I got confused a little bit at, because at the end for me, I was confused around the beginning of it because she was acting like a character. I, I got confused at the beginning. Yeah. And then at the end when she was behind the chair and then I was like, oh, she's, She's the friend. She's acting as the friend who's watching the husband mm -hmm. or the boyfriend, which was right. our. So then it, it clicked to me, and then I said, "Oh, okay, that's funny. That's funny." And so that was that. But I do agree with you. I think a, some of it was a little rushed. I think she was probably yeah. nervous, but yeah. I still, I still thought that um, overall uh, she was she was great. Yeah, so. she did great, and that's the thing about it. To still do good. And to have that type of performance, I can only imagine, you know, your next performance when you're used to that stage and you actually get really comfortable. Yeah, yeah. A lot to, to look for with her. So yeah. I think she might be somebody that thrives off of an audience maybe. So that probably, that probably, I think comedians in general thrive off audiences. I mean, they do. So I think yeah. that that was definitely probably the hardest thing. I get naked in front of audience. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, when next we have Wesley Williams, second to last act that we have, who did a unicycle routine. He was on Britain's Got Talent, and he just did some... This act terrified the crap out of me yet again. Uh, it was one of those acts I always agree with Sophia. I feel like, I, I feel like I'm Sophia when she's watching these, yeah. <laughs> these scary acts, because she literally turned away at one point, and it it was. It was terrifying. We had some juggling swords. She, he, they got uh, Eric had left at this point, so uh, unanimous three yeses. And then Simon commented at the end of it that he was very nervous. It seemed like they weren't incredibly impressed by him. Were you impressed by him? You know what? I think he had to. You know, Simon's expectations was high because you could tell that he was. You know. Uh, giving him credit as he was making this introduction, but as the performance carried on, Simon kind of was more reserved and was like, well, I almost expected it to be better. So I related more to Simon on this one because first off, I think that this was something that the audience really needed to be around. And it was just unicycling. <laughs> Ooh, excuse me. And I didn't, uh, I was impressed because I was thinking, you know, I hope he doesn't hurt himself, but as far as like a wow factor, nah. Yeah, I thought he was good. I definitely agree with Simon. He did seem very nervous and he terrified me the majority of the time. So um, I, I thought he was good. I thought he was good. But uh, someone I want to get to, that is our golden buzzer, Brandon yes. Meek. And we really want to talk about him because he is an anomaly. We have, they have never had a spoken word artist on the show. This was Howie's golden buzzer. We've been waiting for it. <laughs> all the golden buzzers are out now. All of them. I believe we've got them all now. 
And he, I mean, just amazing. He wrote this about his sister who passed away. Uh, Sophia was literally tearing up because she had lost uh, her brother, I believe in the same year uh, mm. that that happened. So he was amazing. Had you ever seen a spoken word artist before? Yes. And I want to give a shout out to Ryan, who's also watching. He said that he loved the spoken word performance. Absolutely loved it. And so did I, man. Uh, one of my favorite pastimes is going to a poetry joint and oh. spoken word. Like, I'm an East cat. Like, I'm from Detroit, but we used to go to Harlem, New York, Blue Cuts in Detroit. I love it's the ultimate relaxation is just hearing some good thoughts over some smooth vibes and mm -hmm. for Simon to be introduced like Simon isn't familiar with spoken word yeah. that was one heck of an introduction yeah I mean he was so passionate I feel like I've seen spoken word done before or I've seen it maybe like like in movies I'm trying to think of the, I just, I didn't just watch it, but uh, never mind. I can't remember the name of the movie, but I've seen, I've seen it before, but I've never seen it like this, where it was on a big stage like AGT and mm -hmm. with, with a competition show that we're normally used to seeing magicians win and acrobats win and ventriloquists win and, you know, the, the daredevil stunts when it was nice to see this type of act to get this recognition yeah and this is honestly one of the performances that i was alluding to when i was stating that it actually having no audience worked for him because spoken mm -hmm. word is usually a thing that where it's quiet you do your finger snaps and your back hand claps and yep. that's it and that and when you bow that's it. So I think having an empty room allowed him to hone in on his emotions because mm -hmm. it's not just something you're talking about. Poetry and spoken word, it comes from within. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I, man, he did a great job. Yeah. Shout out to Brandon Leak. He's pretty amazing. And I have a feeling he's going to go really far in this competition, oh. especially if we still have no audience going forward, which segues into our special segment, which is what is the future of AGT right now? We have got COVID cases climbing through the roof right now. A lot of people hitting highs. California reported today that they're actually closing down. It was about 17 counties. Um, Los Angeles is shutting down many counties with restaurants and bars for th three more weeks now. So it, it's it's still running it's still running rampant. So we're probably not going to be getting a live audience for these live shows. Entertainment and, is, you know, it's it's hard to say because even even you know I would. I was feeling relieved when my kids were getting ready to go to school because you're thinking any about the open back up, kids go to school, so the world would have to follow the domino effect. But uh -huh. even some most schools are going to do homeschool as far as from a, a laptop like we're doing this show on Zoom. So yeah. having a live audience have been like the foundation of most successful reality shows, competition shows. Now that you that is missing, 
I mean, I kind of want to ask you guys, definitely drop a comment below. How do you feel? And do you think entertainment with live shows, including AGT, will be the same? I mean, we've seen American Idol do it. We've seen The Voice do it. They crowned winners. They shortened their seasons. So it can be done. But I don't know if you watched it, but I watched American Idol and I watched The Voice. And it was definitely weird. I mean... If it has to be done, it has to be done, and it had to be done. The show mm -hmm. must go on, as they say, it must go on. And what I want to note, and we don't have a lot more time because we have to get into the news, but what I want to note is that Just Sam won American Idol, and Todd Tillman won The Voice. Now, Just Sam was homeless, singing in the subways in New York, and living with her grandmother. You're talking about a Cinderella story. Mm -hmm. This one was a Cinderella story. And she was so likable and so sweet that you could not help but love her. And she was also very talented. Todd Tillman, you're talking about a pastor with, I believe he had six or seven children, maybe even more. And I'll never forget there being a performance that he had. He like basically sang a lullaby and all of his kids were surrounding him in a circle. And the camera was going around to all the kids' faces, just like sleeping. And I believe he's actually adopted some children too. So the act that's going to win AGT this year, and I think that the ones that always pull on the heartstrings usually tend to win. But specifically this year, the ones that pull on the heartstrings the most are going to be the ones that win because our yeah. world is in such, in such like a, a vulnerable place right now that I think yeah. that that's going to play in the favor of the stories. Mm -hmm. Remember the guy who had the superpower cars that was coming from his hands last week? He had cars coming from his fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. very dramatic, theatrical. It will be, this is the time if a spoken word or a comedian were to ever win an AGT, this is the time simply because all you have to do is connect with everyone at home not the live audience, and you have to test the judges. When you're telling the story as a comedian and as a spoken word artist and you are doing magic and you're very theatrical, that allows you to enter the minds and the hearts. So this I, this goes in the favor of those guys. I, I don't take anything away from the singers and the, uh, the other performances, but because they words and expression is everything. And I think we're going to definitely see a unique winner this year. I, I definitely agree on that. Well, let's get right into our news segment very quickly. Antoine, give us that news and gossip. Well, <laughs> Heidi Klum has put on her Instagram post that she will be returning. She actually dropped the clue bomb. Convert uh, her in the Holly Mandel talking in the back. I believe we have an image getting ready to pop up shortly. There they go right there. Oh. Yeah. So you can see her with the whole Mortal Kombat mask on from the nose mm -hmm. down and how he's in the back. Um, expect her definitely doing a live show. If she's not on the next episode, which I'm quite sure she's on, because that, that was them taping. And um, that's all the news and gossip that I have for you guys. All right. And um... Because we saw at the end, we only have two more weeks 
uh, or we have two more weeks until the next show. So that we will be starting the live shows in two weeks, mm -hmm. correct? Yep. Yeah, so I believe that's what they were alluding to as well with Heidi being back. So excited for that. We're gonna get those live shows and see what, see how this is gonna pan out. I can't wait to see. I know you <laughs> can't wait to see. So give me a quick prediction, Antoine, of how you think the, the show's gonna go. Uh, I definitely, like I said, a unique winner. Uh, the poetry dude has, spoken word guy has a great chance. I'm gonna leave it to him or one of the comedians. I'm calling it spoken word or comedians. That's my final prediction. Yeah, so I, tr I truly believe it is gonna be somebody that gets at the heartstrings of America. I think the comedians have a lot of material to work with, with COVID-19 going on. They're gonna have a lot of material they can pull from that, some current events and, uh, you know, making people laugh. Everybody wants to laugh. So it's going to be the person that makes them laugh or the one that makes them cry. So mm -hmm. we'll, 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 see, we'll see who it's going to be. Until then, uh, Antoine, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Uh, Instagram, Simply Different 87. Just uh, follow and I'll follow back. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram at Rachel Swindler, or you can find me on Twitter at Rachel Swin, or you can find me on TikTok at Rachel Swindler 8. I am almost up to 60K followers on TikTok, so maybe you want to jump on the train. I will, though. I'm about to, I, just, I don't have enough but 100 because I just get on there every now and then, but I'm going to follow you just to see what you All up right. to. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you in two weeks. Until then, see you later. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.